Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, Radio Land. It's Linda and Richard, and we're actually sitting at a desk today. We just both got off the road. I came from the east, and Linda came from the west, like two wise men. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't know if I like being called a man, but oh well. Um, we have had a fun week. Um, it was not fun all week. We had such an interesting experience with a new baby and uh, some surgical procedures that were very scary. We mentioned that last week as I was leaving. I think we did talk about that, and our dear little granddaughter, Shelby, came into the world with a little heart problem, but miracles occurred, and guess what? She's home with her mom and her dad and her four siblings, and she's nursing. And she's and smiling. She's smiling. She's Literally. She's nine days old. She's smiling. I promise it's not gas. She, <laughs> she is going to be just fine, and we're so, 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 so grateful. And we moved right on from that experience to having the seventh time now that we've had a power of moms seminar here in our home in Park City. We had a hundred women, wonderful, beautiful moms. I was the only male in attendance. It was amazing. Exactly 1% of the audience, the household, was male, and that was me. And the other 100 were women. 99. 99. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had such, an, uh, such a great time. You know, it's so interesting with Mother's Day coming up, you start thinking about your own mother and but how you were as a mother and um, I just find it fascinating that there is no job training for mothers. They they hand you that little pink or blue bundle in the hospital and there is no instruction manual. No owner's manual. How about that? You I mean you, you need a license for everything in this world. You even need a license to go fishing for crying out loud. But you don't need a license to be a parent. There's there's something wrong with that, but it's also kind of something right because the only way to learn parenting is one step at a time as you go along. And then most of us reach out and look for the best ideas we can find. We look for commiseration with other parents. We sometimes feel like no one has had the same kind of trials or experiences or difficulties or worries that we have as parents, and yet there's a kind of a magical bond between parents, and whenever we get together with parents, which is our fortunate lot to do quite often, we find that they have more, no matter how different they are, no matter where we are in the world, parents have the same feelings about their children, the same worries, same hopes, the same dreams. And it's it's one of the most wonderful things that you can ever behold. And to be in this conference on Saturday with a hundred moms, and that they'd actually calculated how many children those moms represented. What was it, Linda? I think it was three hundred fifty seven. Three hundred and fifty seven children were represented. Let's be glad that they didn't all bring their children. <laughs> We're very glad about that. House wouldn't even we wouldn't even be here. Well the whole point of these though is um we started doing motherhood retreats a long time ago, actually when I was a young mother. Um, we started doing that just because I thought it was so important for mothers to get together and talk about 
their job, their most important career, mm-hmm. and what they could possibly do. Well, let's um, face it, Linda's always been a great mom, but she's also always been a great organizer of moms, and moms are pretty easy to organize because they want to get together, they want to talk, they want to have ideas, they want to have each other's support. Well, and I'll tell you, our oldest daughter, though, has just taken the baton and run ahead with it. So we're so pleased. She's taken a lot of ideas that we've um, worked out through the years and with our nine guinea pigs and tried to figure out what works and what doesn't. And then she's taken those ideas and made them better. She's she's organized a website called powermoms.com. And uh, she and her dear friend, April Perry, and our daughter's name is Sarah Lucy, um, have organized Power of Moms. And they now have a base of 30,000. Well, that's the ones that get their newsletter regularly. Right. They have 2 million visits to their website. Isn't that remarkable? We are just totally amazed. And... These are really bright moms who have a lot of gifts and a lot of talents, and they've collected a board who are really helping them. They, they have somebody who's reviewing books that are good for children. They have a um, board that edits um, pieces that moms send in. A lot of times people send articles in. They have 40,000 people listening to their podcast every week. In fact, if you go to powerofmoms.com, you will... Number one, you'll be able to read numerous articles written by members of Power of Moms, short little vignettes about parenting, about experiences, about things that have worked, about trials that have been endured, and so on. And then you have these podcasts, which uh, they were telling they were telling us the other day that they have listeners now, regular listeners in China and in Iran. In Pakistan. In Pakistan. It's just amazing, all over the world. And mothers are just resonating with their message. Um, what they've found now is that people are listening to podcasts more than they are reading articles. And so they decided at the board meeting here, last night before last, that um, they were going to start having a reader read the essays that are sent in on a podcast so that they get out to a lot more people, which is so smart. They have 300 ambassadors who really helped them. They just released a book called Motherhood Realized uh, about a month ago. And uh, it went to number one on Amazon in mothering, number one in parenting, number four in something else. Anyway, it just did very, very well. Because Doesn't it sound to you like we're proud of our eldest daughter? And we, we don't want to make this an advertisement. <laughs> we do, do want to say that motherhood is the most important thing that a woman can do as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sorry, I'm sure some of you may not be mothers that are listening and so on. I don't mean to sound prejudiced, but but you are giving the talk in church next Sunday on Mother's Day about mothers. Do you want to give us a How did you know that? Oh, that's right. I told you I was going to make it a surprise, but I let it slip out. Well, I I do think it was kind of coincidental and um, fortuitous, really, that we had this we had this Power of Moms seminar on the week of Mother's Day. Um, I have sort of mixed feelings about Mother's Day. I've never said this to you, Linda, but I think in a way it's... Um, because they don't make such a big deal. No, 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 <laughs> exactly not that. It's because every day really should be Mother's Day. I mean, it's almost like it's a little patronizing to say, well, we're going to have one 
one day when we celebrate motherhood and honor mothers, when in fact mothers deserve to be honored every single day, because they really do have the greatest job in the world. I like the I like the C.S. Lewis quote that goes like this: um, "Motherhood is the ultimate career. All other careers exist for one purpose, and that is to support the ultimate career." So if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a stockbroker or a railroad engineer or a skydiver or an airline pilot, whatever you are, a farmer, you really think about it for long enough. What you do, you do to support the ultimate career, and that is the raising of children, motherhood, the home. That's why we that's why we go to work. That's why we do these other things. So my point, Linda, motherhood is this is the core of the universe. And um, we should celebrate it more than just once a year. How about that? Well, that's pretty nice. I know some mothers that don't like Mother's Day at all, especially if they've had a really bad week or year because they've had their ups and downs. They've had children that are rebellious and so on. They're feeling like failures. We all have those ups and downs, and we all have those really hard, hard days. And if you've got a bunch of little kids, um, you have those hard days every day. Honestly, I promised myself I would not forget how hard it was to have little kids at home. And then when we were with those four little kids last week, eight, six, four, and two, I totally forgot. It was amazing. By the time I got all the washing done, dried, folded, all the homework in the backpacks, ready to go, lunch bags out, ready to be filled up the next day, um, everybody in their pajamas, pull-ups, Dirty diapers in the diaper veil, um, you know, stories, prayers. By the time I got to the end of the day, well, with the last child tucked in at 8.30 or 9, I was ready to die. Well, and that's with me running around with my tongue hanging out trying to help at every juncture. Oh, right. It's a two-person job, this parenting, I'm <laughs> telling you. It truly is. I have to say, Richard is the best at playing with kids. And entertaining them. And well, that was my assignment. You take care of these kids, and I did. I, really? I said, I'll do all the washing and all the dishes. Yeah. And you, well, right? no, you just know that I'm really terrible at that sort of thing. So. No. <laughs> I just know you do what you really like to do. <laughs> oh, boy. But here we go here again. We go. Anyway, um, it really was quite an eye-opener because mothers have such a hard job. It is the hardest job in the world. And there are kids that are rebellious, and there are times when it's really hard. I mean, um, we have one of our daughters who has a teenager who's a bit belligerent right now, and um, she's struggling trying to figure out what to do with him. Um, they go through the I hate you phase, and and uh, there are just some things that are really, really hard about children. Several of these mothers that were here also have autistic children, which is almost at an epidemic. Um, and then dealing with that, in addition to having other children that they were dealing with, with their own issues, it was really interesting to hear what they had to say because these cute autistic kids have such a different book that they're reading from. Well, and before we take a little break here in a couple of minutes, I want to I want to throw a couple of downers at you, and then we'll throw you some uppers when we come back on. But I'm I'm thinking a lot about Mother's Day this week and about the tragedy 
I mean, you know, it's not a tragedy if someone chooses not to be a mother. I mean, there certainly are other things that can be done in the world that are worthwhile. Or if they can't be a mother. Or if they can't be a mother. There are many women who, their hearts, they're, they're very nurturing and they take care of other children oftentimes, but not everyone, not every woman can be a mother. But I'll tell you what is a little disturbing, and that is that there are several countries now in Asia, as the study I've been looking at, where more than half of the women between the age of 20 and 40, roughly the childbearing years, report to pollsters that they do not wish ever to have a child. In other words, more than half are making a conscious choice of childlessness. This has never happened before in this world. And on the one hand, it's wonderful that a woman can make that choice. On the other hand, it's sad that so many are making that choice. There was a recent poll in in England, which of course is so dear to us. We lived for four years in England, and this particular poll said that a majority of the the women were asked would they rather have a child or or a house or buy a house if they could do one or the other. These are young women growing up, and and more than half of them chose the house. Now, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying as we approach Mother's Day, those of us who do revere motherhood should make every effort to celebrate it because there are so many people who are not celebrating motherhood and not even choosing that option. Let's take a brief break, and when we come back, We'll give you a few practical thoughts and a few philosophical thoughts on this wonderful subject of motherhood. I do want to say one little quick thing before Linda shares some thoughts on Mother's Day and motherhood. We wrote our column this this upcoming week on uh, for the in the Deseret News on gender, why gender matters, and one of the things that was on our minds was this business of women who, in larger numbers than ever before, are making the choice not to become mothers. They have various reasons, but. Um, the part of the part of the problem is I don't know whether how to even explain it other than to tell you an experience that our youngest daughter is currently having. She's a graduate of Wellesley College, a wonderful liberal arts university that we love outside of Boston. And she gets a newsletter and the last issue apparently talked about the curse of gender and how gender is the thing that holds women down and wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where every child could choose his own gender and decide when he was a, a little child whether to be a man or a woman and not worry so much about physical um, characteristics, but just make a choice and be who you want to be. And if we could just cast off this horrible thing called gender. Well, of course, we take a little different view and, uh, it's a little like the, I guess, the French phrase, vive la différence, and the fact that gender is what makes the world go round, and letting a woman be a woman and a man be a man is the the goal we should all have. And I think 
You know, um, I'm a great advocate and supporter of feminism, but I like feminism when it defines itself as the celebration of womanhood and the insistence that women should have equal pay and should have equality in every way, but not when it begins to define equality as sameness and not when feminism demands that women do everything that men do exactly like men do it in order to be equal. Sameness and equality are not synonyms. That's the thing I think we need to learn, and I think we'd all be better off if we learned that as a society. There's my little soapbox for the day, Linda. Okay, well, I'll get on one, too. Um, On Mother's Day, I always think not so much about me being a mother just because our children are all gone now, but about my own mother and my grandmothers. There are so many amazing things that my grandmothers have done that I could I don't know if I could do. They've given me strength uh, because I know their stories. And I keep thinking if they can do that, I can do this. Um, I have a grandmother who lost, she had six children in, in uh, Denmark, lost their oldest daughter. Before they left, they joined the Mormon church and decided to immigrate to America. So they buried their oldest daughter there. And then coming across the ocean, four children contracted measles and were put into the ocean. Three, actually, were buried in the ocean. And then a fourth one died just as they saw New York. And they carried him to land and buried him somewhere. And we have no idea where. So she was left with one child walked across the plains, 1,000 miles pregnant with her next child, and just had the most amazing life. Uh, Gave birth to a little child in Bloomington, Idaho, uh, with the covered wagon uh, for, I mean, the the tarp, what's that called on top of a covered wagon? The canvas. um, As the door, as she gave birth to this little one-room, dirt-floored cabin, in the middle of the winter in Bear Lake, which is not a happy place in the winter. I know there. I know that because I lived there for 18 years. Uh, anyway, it really is such an inspiration to me to know what these women went through. I think it's so important to know that, not only know it, but to tell our children and our grandchildren those stories about these magnificent mothers. One of our favorite articles, at least one of mine, I think you really like it too, is by... Bruce Feiler in the New York Times is called Stories That Bind Us, and we'll send this to the radio station so that you can, um, the link to it so that you can look it up, because it's really quite an amazing article about how important it is for children to know about the stories of their ancestors, of their parents and their grandparents, but also those who gave up a lot for them and who survived hard times. Kids think, you know, I have that same blood in my veins. If they can do this, I can do this. It's really a wonderful thing. Well, you know, I don't want to sound patronizing to the women who are listening today, but I I really do, I think I really am a lover of women in a a somewhat unique and major way. In fact, we were giving a speech not long ago in, uh, in Europe, and one of the other speakers on the program was... Bishop Desmond Tutu, who, of course, is, along with Nelson Mandela, probably the two greatest heroes of South Africa and the drive to throw off apartheid and so on. And 
Desmond Tutu, if you've ever seen him or seen pictures of him or videos of him, is a, a tiny little energetic, bald-headed African-American man with, with tremendous presence and a tremendous personality. And, and he never uses a script. In fact, it worries some people that they never know what he's going to say when he's in front of an audience. And this particular day, he got going on 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 women on uh, he said we've fought a great battle here for civil rights we need to fight another battle for the rights of women and then he he just kept getting more and more energized and he said this this world will be a safer place when we start electing more women to office and if if we had women heads of states there would not be wars in this world because Women would not send young men into battle. He just got wound up, and I found myself agreeing with everything that he said. I think, in many ways, women are more are a more advanced, <laughs> they're a more evolved gender than men are. And I, I think on Mother's Day we should not only honor the fact that many, many, many women are mothers and that they do a marvelous job raising children, we should also just honor womanhood in general and acknowledge as men that we, <laughs> A, we wouldn't be here without women, and B, we wouldn't want to be here without women. <laughs> <laughs> i got to remind you of that more often. <laughs> I do have to say. That's what I say. We should have more Mother's Day. Like every other day should be Mother's Day. Oh, every even-numbered day should be Mother's Day, and every odd-numbered day should be Father's Day. <laughs> Kind of like when they were trying to cut down the smog in China when they were having the Olympics and they right. only allowed even-numbered cars to come in <laughs> to the city on one day and odd-numbered exactly. cars. Exactly. That's what we need. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, there are so many things about motherhood that are so important, and I think sometimes mothers get so harried just thinking, i got to do this, i got to do that. There are so many things on the to-do list that they just don't think enough about just thinking about what they want for their lives. Um, Taking care of themselves. It is true. It is true, and I don't mean this to be gender biased, but in our experience and speaking to so many parents and so on, one of the main problems of moms is that they are too unselfish, and that sounds funny to say, but we really do run into a lot of moms who are at their wit's end with other people's problems, and that's wonderful. I mean, that's wonderful empathy with moms who are so worried about a child or so worried about their husband or so consumed trying to take care of everything in a household. And and we always tell them the same thing. You really need to take care of yourself. You need to – you cannot draw water from a dry well and one of the – I had a little chance to speak at this mother's gathering the other day, and one of the things – as the only male in the in the entire audience, I, I had the chance to say, look, take a little time and take care of yourself because so many people are depending on you. And it's, it's a little like the analogy of when you're flying on a on an airliner and, and the, the flight attendant gives the announcements and says, should should oxygen be needed and the mask drops down? Put your own oxygen mask on first, then help your child or help whoever needs help near to you. 
And women need to follow that advice. We need to, you you included, Linda. Well, you know, I was just going to say, whenever I speak to a group of mothers, I suggest that they take a day away, just go a whole day away. And the reason I could do that is because I do have a good husband who had kind of a flexible uh, lifestyle when we were growing up. When we're writers, you know, we can be pretty flexible, not for the first 10 years, but after that. And um, it really was quite amazing because Richard would come home and send me off to a motel room. I, I was looking through my old journal not too long ago and it said, get away at least one day a year. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh. You might need a little more than that. You might need just a little uh, more, but I mean, it made me wonder, did I? I guess I really did that. I mean, you just, there's nobody else to take over. And so you just have to do it. But Richard used to come home and send me off to the motel, and I thought that it was the most wonderful day of the year because I could really sit and think about myself. How am I physically, socially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? How am I doing? How can I be better? How can I improve? And uh, I came home, and, man, Richard was so much more handsome. The kids were so cute. And I appreciated her so much more, and I realized how much she did every day that I had to do that day that she was away. Now, you don't have to send your wife to a motel. That that might seem a little extravagant. You could you could just come over and take over for three hours on a Saturday and let her go get a pedicure or do something. But the idea, well, I'm going to make this suggestion, you men. If you want to give a unique Mother's Day present, give some time. Give some time to your wife to be alone and to think about herself and what she needs. We're down to 30 seconds, Linda. Oh, no, really? No, 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 no. We have a little more time. 30 seconds. Um, You wrap it up as fast as you can. I do have to say that having been with a newborn this week has taught me so much. It always does. And I'll just end with a quote by Erica Young, who I really adore, about having a a newborn. It humbled my ego and stretched my soul. It awakened me to eternity. It made me know my own humanity, my own mortality, my own limits. It gave me whatever crumbs of wisdom I possess today. And I agree with that. Have a great week, especially you moms, on this Mother's Day week. And we'll see you next time on Hires on the Road.